You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You're listening to 40 Something Podcast, Valley in the Vig. Now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Valley and the Vig. 40 Something Podcast, we are back with another version of Tales from the Crypto Keeper and our resident Crypto Keeper, Dr. Diamond Hands himself, the Vig, Vig. We've had a good couple days after the last time we talked was Saturday and we were in the midst of Armageddon. Sunday got even worse. But for those of you who bought Sunday and Monday, you're smiling a bit better than you certainly were on Saturday. Yeah, it was a very good entry point uh, if you were looking to enter into the Bitcoin asset. Um, drop drop down as low as you know thirty two, I think, on Sunday, maybe even lower thirty. Thirty one, I think, had strong support at thirty six and thirty seven, and uh, yeah, I think if you wanted to get involved, now is the time. Um, strap your seatbelt on; it's going to be a wild ride that um, we're going to have looming regulation that comes along at some point today, or some point this year, yeah, today. Well, it could actually be today. It could actually be at the close of the bell and then, you know, some bombshell financial. That's the thing. It could happen any day, that type of thing. Or, or, or China could ban Bitcoin for the seventh time, anytime today or anytime. Um, you have to be aware of that and just know that it's a very volatile asset that will actually probably calm down now that over the weekend, a lot of the Joe retailer got pushed out and the institutional investors got in on this. And so in the long run, that should actually make Bitcoin volatile because a lot of the selling was this um, retail investor, these people that put in at 50 some and just said, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to lose all my money. I'm getting out of this and I'm, you know, sold, sold out of loss. I know that sounds strange, but they did not have diamond hands. Um, and there was uh, there was a Wall Street cat right there to scoop it up um, on on the inflows there. So as many outflows as, as there were over the weekend, uh, there was a lot of buying support at uh, especially thirty seven thousand. And it is currently at around thirty or thirty eight three ninety five right now. So, yeah, I think this is the birth of uh, you know, the next version of what we have seen the last couple of years as far as, you know, there was the Internet in the late 90s, the app, the app generation uh, in, the, in the 2010s. Um, and so now you're seeing the, the blockchain or, you know, the, the cryptocurrencies or d- digital coins and tokens. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot to be to be said about it. And I, I feel that it will get regulated, but that will set the pace for the for the industry to grow. You. You. You're muted. Can't hear you. I did the mute thing again. This is so, <laughs> how often do I do that? Jesus Christ. It's been a lot the last couple of shows. Yeah, I try to let you know. You always do. You <laughs> always do. It's great. It's not your fault. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> blockchains which we're actually already using we are already using this a lot of these technologies but a lot of these aren't being used yet but it's just speculation on how good these are going to be one in particular that you talked about a few times is cordona is it cordova cordana 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 
Cardano. 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 He. It's actually a mathematician. It's a real person. It's named after a real person. Ada, and it's ADA is their thing. It's Ada Cardano, the 18th century mathematician. Is Ada? And Ada was a woman. I didn't know women were allowed to think back then. Great job. So sure. Named after Ada Lovelace. Um, and is the native token to the Cardano network. That's and, yeah, pretty Cardano. it's pretty amazing. So that's one of the ones that's not really being used practically right now, but there's a lot of people who feel like it has a great potential to be a major, major tangible and also usable asset. So that's something, and if you guys aren't familiar with what's going on, these people are basically what these are, are and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Vig, in really, really layman's terms. These things are being mined, are basically being created in mind to use all these different blossoming technologies that we use on our all our on all of our devices, on our phones, computers, tablets, you know, all that stuff. And it can be used for anything. It can be used in the dark porn if you're into uh, snuff porn, stuff like that, right? Yeah, so there is that. There is an adult network uh, via the um, blockchain, via, via Ethereum. And I think we were talking about that in our first take of this episode, where uh, you know you're going to be living in the metaverse. Really, it's going to be a virtual virtual reality is going to be created through the blockchain, where you'll be able to acquire land, do things, have parties in in, in the metaverse. You know, by having your goggles on and everything, connecting your wallet to it through your your phone and uh, dialing up some adult content, really, that would be actually right there in front of you. Yeah, and that got me really excited. For those of you who don't know, and I'm sure none of you do, we actually recorded an entire really great episode, but it was not recorded. So this is the second take we're going to do, and so I hope you guys are enjoying it. And over the weekend, so this is a fantastic time to buy. We've always we've said that time and time again. And Ethereum right now is interesting. If you aren't in, involved in Ethereum, Ethereum is right now a system, that, and they're blocked. It's a blockchain, correct? Ethereum is a blockchain. Is that how that works? Yes, it is. And they actually use like what? What the Uniswap? Is that what it's named? So Uniswap is a decentralized exchange on that uses Ethereum to operate. So you can make trades like you would on Coinbase. You're going to buy, instead of using USD or US dollar, you're using either a stable coin like Tether or, or USDC, or you can use Ethereum or others, the, the actual token, to use to trade into other assets on their on their exchange. And what that will do is that will process a, a, a financial transaction in which you will then be charged a gas fee, which is basically like a burn fee that it takes. I don't have it now, it is getting granular with that tech uh, that technology. I don't actually know, but it will actually burn a gas fee on their network that will then um, write that financial transfer to the to the ledger to the public ledger, and th this will be huge. It, it's already now. Just so you guys got guys like Mark Cuban that are jumping in, Kevin O'Leary, the Sharks are, um, you know, Tom Brady, 
you know, not, not to be completely random like that, but you know, it's like, it's starting now. Like this is, uh, it reminds me of when uh, the internet started out. I was working for a small cable company at the time called RCN and uh, I could see the fiber was being laid and the internet was just, people were plugging in, man. They were dialing up and getting faster pipeline into their, into their house. And, uh, you know, so that, that's, this is the, the further development of that now, another transformation uh, as far as technology is concerned. Yeah, it's incredible. And just to let you know, I mean, if you do put any amount of money in there, you just have to know that there is that risk that you can lose it just as fast as you make it. So you got to have a plan. The biggest thing about this, folks, if you're getting into cryptocurrency, you have to have a plan. Say you have $20,000 you're putting in. All right. Not a lot of money. Save $50,000. Make it a little bit more interesting. Say you take, if you have a portfolio of $200,000 worth of stocks. All right. Say you take $50,000 out. If you put that $50,000 in there over this past weekend, say on Sunday, mid-Sunday or mid-Sunday evening, and you put $50,000 in across the board, you probably made anywhere between ten dollars to $15,000 in two friggin' days. Just to give you an, and anybody can do it. It doesn't take a lot to a Coinbase account or even a Robinhood account if you're kind of squeamish because Robinhood is obviously much more user-friendly if you don't know what you're doing. But I'll tell you what, Coinbase is where it's at. If you're going to trade cryptocurrency, Coinbase is definitely a better option. Vig, what are some other options if Coinbase isn't something you're interested in? What are some other options that might be for the guy who is now becoming upping his game from a rookie or someone who's getting excited about making crypto a major part of their portfolio? Sure. Well, you could go into an exchange and register on an exchange called Shapeshift in which then there you would just be able to, a lot of your currency would be held offshore. And so it'll be away from the United States uh, financial entities. And then you, you um, won't have to prove like a KYC, which is going to be probably the front run running concept of, of uh, United States regulation on crypto. And that is know your customer KYC at Shapeshift, you would not have to do that. You'd be able to be able to store your funds on there anonymously, uh, anonymously, and um, that that would be uh, you know something we want to look at because uh, it's going to get taxed pretty pretty heavily, and uh, there's going to be something in the in the works for that this year. So I would say if you wanted to up it, move on to there, then you could actually trade into some smaller smaller cap currencies that are up and coming. Um, and then you would have actually a lower fee to trade. So right now on Coinbase, your fees are pretty outrageous on the Coinbase retail. Um, so there is Coinbase Pro, which would also be another another type of, of uh, exchange that I was just talking about, but it would be within the Coinbase family. So then all your stuff is still stored stateside and subject to, re- to that, those re- regulations. And um, But uh, the fees are a lot lower on Coinbase Pro. And then I say Uniswap and some of these swap sites that are we created through Ethereum and Cardano. Um, these are the more advanced users where you'd have to hook up your wallet with a QR code or just know uh, what 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 your your two factor uh, login is for for hooking up a lot wallet to, to to an exchange, and then be able to trade into pairs. You know, and uh, that's where the real the real top dog stuff's going on. And what are a couple of the coins that you think might be at the very least pursuing that? 
Uh, so on so on Uniswap, you could trade into a lot of DeFi tokens uh, like Terra, uh, Synthetics, even though Synthetics is available on, on Coinbase as well. But these are some of the higher echelon coins that are uh, definitely very volatile at this point and would be subject to regulation, but they would actually be the new frontier as far as investment opportunities. What are these names again? Terra? So Terra, which yeah. is actually a net, was actually a, a, a network, um, like a blockchain. Like, so it would be like Ethereum. So they have a coin called Luna, right? And then there's Synthetics or SNX token. Okay. And so the, these tokens, uh, they're, they've, they've taken a bad, they've taken a, they've taken a real shot uh, these last uh, couple of days. But um, these would be the ones that I would gain back. Also Solana. Which is also available on on Coinbase. That way, these are these are up and coming blockchains that would be like Ethereum, but they're not going to face the gas price problem that Ethereum is facing right now. And that's what's going to probably hold back Ethereum. It depends on who you talk to. If there's a all in for Ethereum, those people are always going to push it out like they're the front runner. They were going to be, but there's a lot of up and coming blockchains. Now, now Cardano is a uh, very good one. It's a layer one, which means it's, there's no two parts. There's no multi-layer to the, uh, to the way the blockchain operates. Uh, but it, it, uh, it's getting, facing criticism because it's, it's not rolling out fast enough or fast enough for the speed of the way things are going and therefore might be left behind. But I really feel that that particular blockchain will be um, influential in, in, in government. And uh, world governments, like governments in Africa, as long as the United States, and will actually hold financial currencies. So when the United States actually says, well, okay, we're going to have a digital U.S. dollar, we're going to have a digital U.S. coin, and this is the blockchain we're going to choose to do it, it would probably choose Cardano at this point because it would be probably the most secure. Financial things, I think we talked about that in our pre-take, about what could happen there. You could trade into an asset on Uniswap. And it could just be a whole scam from the get-go. And you, you put your money in, it goes way up. You see it pump, put more money in, you see it pump. And then, boom, they just close the contract and pull and drain all the funds. And the coin just disappears from the, from the exchange. You, you've lost all your money. Every, that is worst case. Now, is that kind of thing often? And how do you spot those kinds of situations? So it, uh, it's not happening as often as it was back. Uh, in the latter part of 2020 and then during DeFi, what they call DeFi summer, which was last summer, which is when a lot, a lot of the early adopters got really involved with the way this stuff was going to run. Um, so it does still happen. And uh, the way you would look out for it, if it seems foreign or, you know, it's just that age old thing. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. If something's pumping, it is for a reason. What, what goes up must come down. It's not like, very few, very few times has a coin pumped and then just stayed up there indefinitely. It always just comes back down. So I know it's, it seems like it would be easy just to hop on the ones that are going up and you see it's up 100% in the last hour. But, you know, like these mem coins, I don't think there's going to be a good uh, ending for them. And honestly, I'm still, jury's still out for me on Dogecoin. I just don't know where that is. I like to try to invest in projects that I really know are going to go somewhere. So I mentioned all of those just within the last five or 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's the thing. And a lot of people, and what you've said a few times is 
invest in a coin and invest in a cryptocurrency that you believe in, that you think is going to have a viable reason to be in existence, not just to move money around. And that's something I think you've been trying to, to put out there. Right. And that's like I always say, you know, I'm not, this is not financial advice or you know, I just try to cover my ass because the way people trade these days and the way you would saw these outflows in Bitcoin going, people were just giving up. Oh, I'm out. No, this is not the time you sell. This is the time where you want to try to acquire a little bit more. Then when you see you get it to, so at, at 63, if you had gotten in in the 40s or 30s and you saw Bitcoin at 63 and you were like looking to make a short play, you should have been thinking like, I think I should make that short play. Yeah. I kind of did that. So, natural instinct is what works. But when you get greedy, that's when. Yeah. So and it's, it's and then there's several different kind of strategies you can go into, but the best thing to do is educate yourself. Educate yourself on what cryptocurrency actually does, because if you understand the why, you can understand the what, and you can understand the how, and then you can understand how you can make some money doing it, and kind of cover your ass as much as possible, and be like Doctor Diamond Hands himself, the Vic. Now there's a thing called Ethereum number two out coming out that a lot of people are investing in because you talked about Ethereum being susceptible to, to high energy issues, to possible security issues. Not so much security, but uh, a lot of gas, I think, is what you were you referred to. Now, is gas, when you say gas, you are obviously referring to electricity that it uses, correct? Well, it should be network transmission, basically. Network transmission. So it's gas, not in the terms of what we would think mechanically or like what we're used to hearing. It would actually be more of like network transmission. So the cost to make it to fee, like a transmission fee uh, or transaction fee. And um, basically what it costs uh, uh, to run the network. So, you know, with all this stuff going on at one time, things are moving around. They're in flux a lot. So when you make a transaction, that having paying that gas fee in ether, which would be uh, what what you would do on on say Uniswap, uh, the it's basically the cost of running everything. You know, not to get too technical because I actually don't know um, what 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 makes the gas why it costs that much and like, but uh, mainly because Ethereum isn't working yet really. It's not fully running. It's really running on a test. And Ethereum 2 is going to be that official birth of the Ethereum blockchain. So right now you have a test net and a main net running. So you have two um, networks and they're going to merge them into one. That will become Ethernet 2. With this will be a technology of proof of state. So it will go from proof of work, which is really just solving a problem to, to, to create um, a, you know, a hash symbol and hate to create uh, a, a token um, on the network or you know to, to move a transaction on the network and proof of stake you will be actually using tokens that are already been bought or already been minted and they're staked on the network to help it run more efficiently and we are just in the beginning we're Leo, we were kind of referring it to the wild, wild west earlier. And it's just absolutely incredible. So you got, but you got to be careful. And I am absolutely, oh, there has been just in Dr. Diamond Hose, 
just in another shooting. This time it is in San Jose Rail uh, San Jose Railroad Yard. BTA. BTA. Shit. Public transit employee opened fire on his coworkers. Jesus Christ. It, it seems to be getting more and more unique, like where the workplace or the actual place where the shooting happens. I think there's some evolution then to, to all these uh, mass shooting people. At least they're not doing it to randos. They're doing it to people that they generally want to hurt and kill. So at least there's more intention there. <sighs> hey, every silver lining has a touch of gray. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to laugh about it. This is obviously a terrible situation, folks. But yeah. 6.34 a.m., 100 and West Younger Ave in downtown San Jose, which I've been. It's a pretty little town. About an hour of San Francisco, for y'all don't don't know. Hour and a half or so. So, sad, man. A lot of people's days are a lot worse than they were going to be. So, you know what sucks? You're thinking of yourself as like a train worker right you're just going there you have a shitty job got to deal with disgusting human beings all day and you're making your money you're taking the safe way the safe play the safe job you show up and some asshole you work with decides you know what this is the day you're gonna die big yeah i know i think it's always like a reoccurring thing i feel like we talk about this way too much and it's like every time we have a shooting it's just like same same narrative at play so we're coming out of a pandemic people have been locked up for a while they've been stressed out they've been they are their right lives some lives have been ruined and i think actually i think we underestimate just how hard it is to work uh right now especially i'd say like a public transit public transit authority uh you know work at work running one of those trains or working as a sanitary worker or working at they've been there the whole time this is yeah. They've been out there the whole time. Yeah. While the assholes who treat them like shit every day are staying at home collecting a big fat paycheck from the government. You can see it. But this one could have been marginalized. There's, there's people being marginalized at work. They feel like they're being marginalized and not being respected by their bosses or their coworkers. Uh, I've seen this happen in a lot of places. So. This is just something that's just gotten worse. I've been seeing it happen since back in 2007. And there's not a whole hell of a lot of details coming out of it right now, but uh, eight people are confirmed deceased. Wait, how many? Eight. Wow. Yeah, it wasn't a, a couple. It was he got he got his rocks off. Seven people at his seven, seven people that were not. Seven victims and and one suspect. So the shooter's dead too. Yeah. And the shooter identified as Samuel Cassidy. And he was a law law enforcement say he was an employee at, as we said, and this is coming, by the way, NBC News is, is the news source. 
And but other than that, not a lot of details on why he went and shit shot these people. Did he pick out seven specific people and or even more? Not a lot of people know, but he clearly snapped whatever happened. Thing is, I think uh, it just goes back to to that. Like, it's just tough to be out there right now, and you know, I'm sure some bones need bones got picked, and you know, yeah, bones are definitely picked. <laughs> but the thing is, we're just so close to getting out of this. I mean, I do think it's it's gotten better. As as weird as that sounds, maybe it's just my I've got. You know, I personally have gotten better. Some good things have happened to me. But. And by the way, who got that Samuel that this mass shooter was a white man? Who said white man? Who, who, who put your arms out? White man, mass shooter. Yes, it was a white man. Who would have thought that? Can we, can, can we even get like. I don't know. A really ethnic Italian to be one of these guys once. It's always a white dude. Always. And he looks like a guy who is going to snap. I haven't seen him yet. He looks like a angry white man in his mid-50s. The picture doesn't look angry. He just looks like he could be Michael Douglas the morning before he loses his shit. Yeah. Falling down. Authorities at one point respond. Authorities one time went to Cassidy's home and this is today. They are searching for explosive devices. So I guess Cassidy had an issue that people kind of knew about. The Sheriff's Department confirmed Samuel Cassidy was an employee. The victims included VTA employees. Cassie appears to have no criminal history in the county. The mother of a worker told local television the shooting occurred during a union meeting. So maybe it was premeditated. And he's been in California for a long time. So not a lot. It just seems like it's a guy who snapped to what you're saying, Vic. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of easy to, uh, easier to pick up on some of this now as we're getting more through this last phase of, of a pandemic, you know, and I think we just have some major issues that are coming out now. As, you know, we won't, we've talked about this off mic about our own lives, so, you know. Well, stay safe out there, folks, and uh, be careful. And invest in Uniswap.